Warning, Family Ties Positive Vibes may or may not contain any positive vibes. However, it is sure to contain three members of a family trying their best. Welcome to Family Ties Positive Vibes, a podcast about three family members and the nonsense they all live with together. And also their cat and their dog now. My name is Michael Summers. My name is John Summers. And my name is Linnell Summers. Michael, tell me about what you've done this week. What have I done this week? Uh, I mean, we haven't recorded in a little while, so bear with me as I recall what I've been doing the past few weeks. At first, a lot of nothing, and now I'm going back to work because uh, the stay-at-home order is slowly being lifted. Things are starting to kind of go back to normal in some parts of the country. And I've been having more snow cones than I expected. Which is to say more than none. Because it's hot already. It is hot. We're in the dog days of summer. It is hot, 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 hot. Wait, this wait, isn't wait, the wait, dog wait, days wait. of summer yet. No, because remember Sunday? Monday morning I wasn't sure I wanted to get up and go for a run because I was going to have to dig out a long sleeve because it was cold Monday morning. Okay, so the temperature bounces between 110 and 80. Yes. And we never know what it's going to be. Not really, no. So some days it's rather pleasant here. Some days it's absolutely miserable, and it's a coin flip as to what it's going to be. And some days you're in a big metal truck that doesn't really have air circulation. Oh yeah, so John, tell us about your week. So I am still working, of course, for the the shaved ice business, and I'm surprised to hear you saying that you've had shaved ice because it hasn't been through us. Uh, but otherwise it's been pretty alright. Let's see, still making kids smile, still aggravating parents to some degree, but that's just because traffic is as always unpredictable and i've been having a good time yeah so why are the parents aggravated well the problem with delivery services is that it depends on us delivering to it and there is a little thing called traffic that sometimes messes with our delivery schedule we'll try to be there at four o'clock but we might be there at 405 and those five minutes matter to some people some people are just having a bad day and want a way to entertain their kids and when that i've been a parent so i kind of get that (laughs) when that entertainment is five minutes later than you expect Things are going badly. Well, you know what? If you can't do five minutes, then it is a bad day. Definitely. (laughs) It is the delivery person's curse, which is that every second counts and you have very little control over those seconds. And you said it already, but it doesn't help that it seems like traffic in this town has been kind of bad the past few weeks. Well, you know what I noticed? I came home a little earlier than usual is, you know, like on time tonight. And what I noticed was at 5 o'clock, nobody knows which lane they want to be in. Uh-huh. Yeah. By 6 p.m., either they're a little, you know, more chill with traffic or maybe it's just that there is less traffic. But by 6 o'clock, people know where they're going and know, they know which lane they need to be in. But man, at 5 o'clock tonight, nobody knew where they were going. I have a traffic story, actually. I'm Sorry, Mom, you're not allowed to say what you did this week. Not yet. It's just because if I don't say it now, it'll never come up again. Uh, I was driving home... A- Actually, exactly a week ago now. And there was a traffic light near my work that it wasn't out. The traffic light was working. One direction was green and the other direction was red. It just wasn't changing. (laughs) Despite the fact that it had gotten backed up three streets. That would be frustrating. I've seen that in action, yeah. And every single time, each time a person gets to the front of the line... They're like, oh, man, it's taking me forever to get here. Why isn't anyone going? Oh, I can't wait to, for the light to turn green. And then five minutes later, they're like, why hasn't the light turned green? Despite no one coming from the cross traffic. 
They just stay there waiting for the light to turn? Yes. Yeah. And which none, it never does. It never does. And it and did not the entire time I was there, which was 10 minutes. And if they're sandwiched in, what can you do, really? Well, well, last night when I was coming home around 6 o'clock, the, there's some train tracks that I have to cross. And there is hardly ever a train there. But last night, the uh, crossing guards were like halfway down. Which was like, you know, makes you think maybe a train is coming. Just Could in, be coming. Just enough I'm to I'm going to look you. left and right. Yes, definitely look left and right. There was nothing anywhere. So I don't know what this story was with the crossing guards, but they were fine when I came back to work this morning. Okay, well, at least there wasn't an issue. At least no one had gotten injured. No. So now with those traffic interruptions, Mom, how's your week been? Oh, my week's been pretty fine. I think I'm going to talk about... Your little statuette that you have right next to you. My statuette. I picked this up last week. I got third place in the virtual half marathon that I ran two months ago. Maybe, was it three months ago that we did that? It was in March. That was, was that in March, really? That that was three months ago. That must have been the beginning of March, huh? Yeah. So it turned virtual about five days before we were supposed to do the half marathon. The county shut down and made everyone do a virtual run. We couldn't congregate. I think at that time, the biggest issue was that we were being bused to the start line. It's our favorite half marathon of the season because they um, bus us up the top of this mountain and then we run 13.1 miles down. So everyone gets a pretty fast pace because it's mostly downhill. But then five days before the race, the county health department uh, shut us down and said you can't hold the race because everyone has to get on these school buses in close quarters to drive up to the top of the mountain to get to the start line. So they turned it virtual and I had to uh, curate my course very, very carefully. I found a place that's a little bit closer to home. I wanted to be competitive because I thought everybody who lived close to the original course was gonna go there and run the real course. So I found a place that was a little closer to home that had 13.1 miles of downhill. It wasn't quite as steep, but it was almost all downhill. And then, Michael, you came out there with me one Saturday morning, and we did it. And there were cattle on the road. Mine was a much more interesting race because I had four cattle guards and cattle that I had to negotiate. Luckily, the cattle seemed to not want anything to do with you. Yes, but I'm never quite sure how to predict cattle. They seem unpredictable to me. They're a little bit scary because, well, I don't know. I I can't predict what they're going to do. So I assume that they might run me over or chase me down. I don't know. Probably not, but... It is a big thing that you don't interact with usually, so that's enough to get anyone worried. Yeah, and because there isn't someone slower that the cattle could get behind me, you know, it's just me out there, so. Uh, Anyways. And me me occasionally driving alongside you. Yeah, having the car there to buffer between me and the cattle did make me feel a little safer. So anyways, we got down to the finish line. I had a great time, at least I thought it was a great time. I turned it in. I had to get you to give me a screenshot because I can't remember how to do that. So you got me a screenshot that had my pace and my time and my distance that proved that I did it. And we sent that in to the race directors. And then like for two weeks, I sat in first place for all females. And I was shocked at how many people did not turn in results because somebody in my age group should not be first place for all females. That's ridiculous. I mean, you did get a better time than you were expecting. I did. I was really amazed by that time. I was impressed. I thought I did a good job. And I definitely deserved to be first in my age group. But first for all females, eh, I don't really deserve that. 
So then, uh, like the week before the race was over, somebody in their 30s swooped in and took uh, second place. Or Well, okay, she was first place. And then right the last day, another lady from Fresno, I think, came in and turned in a time that was even faster. So that bumped me down to third. But I'm totally okay with third. And I'm pretty sure in the beginning they said they weren't going to hand out podium prizes. But turns out at the very end, they sent me an email and said that they were going to have it for me to pick up uh, when I got my other race swag, which was my coffee cup. I got a coffee cup for being in the top 100 finishers. I was really stressing about being in the top 100. I had no idea that the benefit of a virtual half marathon was that nobody runs. <laughs> so, it's very it's very much easier to not do something than to do something, especially when the expectation of doing something has been removed from you. Very true. That is what I learned here. So along with that, if it was a virtual run run that everyone knew about three months in advance, there may have been more attendance. But suddenly changing things five days behind, that might screw with some people. Well, maybe, but everybody was trained and ready to run, so I don't know. Maybe it's, the, maybe it's the social aspect. People just wanted to be doing it with other people rather than on their yeah. own. And uh, Well, it's definitely more motivating to run that distance when you've got other people out there with you. Did everyone cover their week? We all covered our week, but there's another big change in this household that we should probably discuss. It's been four weeks now. It's been roughly four weeks. Around about. Since we recorded the last episode, at least. And uh, I think we should talk about the new family member, Marzi. Marzipan the cat. It... Sad to say, but the honeymoon is over. <laughs> I mean, speak for yourself. I love this cat. Oh, I love the cat, too. But uh, she was a sweet, uh, very loving, gentle cat last we recorded. And then her true colors came out. Well, hang on, because she is still super sweet and loving and gentle to humans, yeah. to people, just not to the other animal in the house. Every article that we read online about introducing a cat and a dog together thought that the problem would lie in the dog. And we thought so, too. Rationally, because Romeo, our dog, doesn't get along with people that are new to him. And he doesn't like to interact with people when he's out walking or other animals. He likes to stay as far away as possible most of the time. He's very curious about the cat. And the cat is not at all curious about the dog. And is in fact very defensive uh, of the cat's being. So the cat and the dog don't exactly get along well. But the cat is the aggressor sometimes, it seems. Most of the time. Romeo will come, come wagging his tail saying, Hey, we should be friends. It seems to me, sometimes... Yeah. And then the cat will absolutely hiss and yowl and swipe at him before Romeo's done anything. And Romeo hasn't done anything to learn that he should stay away from this cat, because he will keep trying to approach the cat. I've never said that we had a smart dog. I don't think any of us would have ever accused Romeo of being the smartest dog in the pack. That's not why we have Romeo. We have Romeo because we love him. We have Romeo because he is a very loud bark that scares the neighbors. Well, I do enjoy that too, yes. <laughs> if you ring the doorbell, you think that there is a wicked evil dog behind the door because he does that big dog bark. He sounds like he's four feet tall and ready to knock you over, but instead he's a foot tall and he looks like a fat sausage who will still knock you over. <laughs> That's true, yeah. He's, he's got a lot of mass to him. It's a lot of momentum he can build up. But we love him even if... He's very bad at getting along with the cat, and I still love the cat, even if the cat's very bad at getting along with the dog. And maybe someday they'll learn to coexist. I think when she realizes that he's not a threat to her, that they'll probably calm down. 
I have just realized that this is no longer the last episode, what are we doing talking about pets? We should be talking about our songs of the week. Well, I mean, okay, sure, but I like talking about the animals. Michael, everyone likes talking about their animals. Oh, I'm sorry, was that you trying to make a transition? Yeah. To the songs of the week that we spent 20 minutes before this episode discussing so we could get them straight? More than 20 minutes, Michael. We had a few hours, and you had some trouble. I did, because I couldn't come up with a song of the week at first. I'm always afraid of uh, repeating my song of the week. I don't listen to a lot of music. Or when I do, I listen to the same song over and over and over again. Luckily, this week, the song I've been listening to over and over and over again was Lone Digger by Caravan Palace. Baby, can you move it on the rhythm so we can't get with the jump around and get us a rock and roll round? What's down, down, body, body, coming with the super hottie, let's go, 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 go. I don't listen to Caravan Palace a lot. It's electro swing music, which is fun to say out loud. And interesting background music when I'm editing videos or doing anything on the computer. I can't say it's something I actively listen to, and I couldn't ever listen to it while driving. I don't know why that is. It's not driving music. It's computer music. No, if you listen to it while driving, you would swerve to and fro in the road. But everyone should give Caravan Palace at least a couple minutes listen to. John, what's your song of the week? I have decided to go with the song Out of Touch by Hollow Oates. Or was it the other people? No, it's Hollow Oates. Okay, thank goodness. There has been something of a, a phenomena on the social medias that I attend. An internet meme. An internet meme, if you will, which is Out of Touch Thursday. Every Thursday, everyone posts the song Out of Touch, and accompanying it is are the visuals of... The opening animation to... A cartoon about girls in middle school. And it's very cute, and none of them have noses, and it's not the song that's supposed to play with those girls, but boy, howdy, do we play it anyway. There's no good way to explain that, is there? Uh, if you watch Seinfeld, it's like that, but girls in middle school. No, I wasn't talking about Lucky Star. I was talking oh. about the meme. Oh, yeah, well, memes are always inexplicable. Mom, what's your song of the week? I've kind of struggled with this one, too. And finally, I've decided I'm going to go with Andrea Bocelli's duet version. Um, I think maybe sometimes he sings this as a solo, but usually it's a duet. If only... If only what? That's the title of the song. <laughs> <laughs> if only we could turn back time Back to the day we said goodbye Maybe At least I uh, got several of the videos on YouTube that accompany it. There's at least three or four versions that I've watched and they're all beautiful. Italian uh, scenery or um, another one is the recording with his producer and with the other artist that he recorded with, Dua Lipa. I don't mm. know if you've heard of her. I hadn't heard of her, but I think she's a rising pop star at the moment. The name is familiar. I can't place any songs, though. A lot of names are familiar to me because I've seen them once or twice on Twitter. I know nothing about them, though. Well, I love the ending of the song where she's uh, in the recording studio because she does this little laugh and this funny thing with her eyes and her tongue. And it's just, it's a cute little uh, way to end the song that always makes me happy. It sounds very nice. It does sound very nice. Mom. Who's our sponsor this week? 
We are sponsored this week again by A&W Root Beer. A&W Root Beer, they're my favorite root beer. And we finally figured out why. We finally discovered the secret. Well, hang on. This is a hypothesis. We haven't discovered it. We've made a scientific hypothesis, hypotenuse, about why we love root beer so much, specifically from A&W. And it is genetic memory. Okay, John, that's a weird way to phrase, I've been drinking A&W root beer my entire life, and none of us could figure out why for a while. Yeah, so if this came up in the past four weeks. We wanted to figure out legitimately how we started drinking root beer, because none of us could remember. We asked our mother, and she said... I don't think you asked me. We, okay, we did bring it up with we, you, but you couldn't remember why root beer was ever in the house. You assumed it was just because I liked root beer that we get a lot of root beer. But then my argument was, how did I start liking root beer if no one else liked it? Okay, so then you went to... Well, then logically, I had to go to Dad, who also said the only reason he ever got root beer was because me and John liked it. Because he doesn't drink it either. So, I know for a fact that uh, any of the daycares I went to, they did not give me soda. Because those daycares didn't like hyperactive little kids. We were monsters enough. But my guess is that I know Dad might not like root beer, but he does like cream soda. And A&W cream soda has a very similar color and logo and, pa- and just overall look to the root beer. Very, That's true. Very my, similar packaging, yes. My guess is because Dad liked to drink cream soda, and I would drink cream soda because he liked cream soda. At one point, he purchased root beer by accident thinking it was cream soda because this is something he does. Sometimes he'll buy something thinking it's something else. And so thinking he got cream soda, but bringing home root beer, I ended up drinking root beer instead and finding out, oh my goodness, this stuff's the best thing I've ever had, and that's still true. He did also bring up a story, though, of how every time he would visit one of his friends in junior high and in high school, he would... On the way, if he had a few bucks in his pocket, he would stop by the A&W restaurant, which was famous for its root beer floats, of course. So he would do the, he would drive in, because it was a drive-in restaurant, and he would get a burger, fries, and a root beer float. So he's always had a, an affinity for it. He's always been happy to have it, but I don't think he had the purchasing power. He didn't have the power to influence us over it until he made the happy accident. So you think it's because he drank a lot of root beer floats earlier in his life that it was in his blood and that got passed on to us? Genetic memory, yes. All right, A&W, you should let us know if that's something that can happen. And if it isn't, well, I guess we'll have other explanations that we'll come up with. I think A&W is playing the long game. I think they're trying to get a whole generation of root beer drinkers and they're on their way. They've started the plan. And that's my conspiracy theory of the week. All right, that was a wonderful song that we were all listening to during that uh, <laughs> during that sponsor. What were we going to talk about this week? What's our podcast about? I don't know, Michael. What is it about? You're the one who came up with it. Well, hang on. We came up with it, but you did. You had something you wanted to do too. Wow, that was a sad face that you made while looking at your drink. Do you want to? Do you want to choke some more of that down and then water it down with something else? Yeah, I, I wish I was drinking root beer. Uh, so I'd say about maybe a year ago. I was visiting the pantry at my community college just because I needed something to eat and that was a free way to do it. And I picked up a bottle of sparkling water and as it turns out, that's not good on its own. So we've just kind of had it sitting in the fridge for a while. I'd started attacking it with some cranberry juice mixed in, two parts cranberry juice to one part sparkling water, and that's been good, but 
we kind of ran out of cranberry juice. So we The ratio here is not good. No. We took what was left of the cranberry juice, froze it into ice cubes, and applied that to the drink of sparkling water. And this is tolerable okay. in the worst of circumstances. All right. So while John changes his drink... So the sparkling water was in the refrigerator for quite a long time, and I uh, thought that maybe it was something I put in there and I totally forgot about it. <laughs> no, it's been in there for about a year, maybe a little bit less right now. Oh, but, but, but when I, I opened it, it still had some uh, spark to it. It still so. had some fizz in there. Yeah. Some sparkling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did not open that many times in the time it's been in there. One, so, of, one of the few groceries I brought to the house, and it, it was a bad one. And I just thought it was my terrible memory. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so... Now that John has watered down his drink with more cranberry juice ice cubes, John, you got some questions that you'd saved that we wanted to ask. Yes. And I figured we'd do that before we do the other idea that we came up for this week. Okay. I got these a month ago. I don't remember where I got them from, but they're getting to know you questions that are just a little bit odd. Mom, if you had to choose one animal to help you win a fight, which animal would you choose? Wolverine. Wolverine. Is that because of the X-Men or just the ferocity of the animal? <laughs> I don't know. It was the first thing I thought of. But Hugh Jackman and the X-Men is a good... Uh, yes, I would take that. Definitely. He, he is a huge jacked man. Yeah. Boo! <laughs> <laughs> uh, I enjoyed that. Michael. What, Hi, John. If your five-year-old self suddenly found themselves inhabiting your current body, what would your five-year-old self do first? What did I even do when I was five? First, I don't know. Find my copy of Sonic Adventure 2 and start playing it on the GameCube. I mean, that's probably fair. I don't know. I can't remember what I did when I was five. I was dumb when I was five. I don't remember what you did when you were five either. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm going to go with play the nearest video game. All right. Sounds good. Maybe ask why everything looks so different, but who knows? Time travel is a weird thing. Would it be a regression or would it be like that, a... Con- that's age regression, and I don't want to talk about that anymore. Because we've been on the internet for too long. Michael, choose a question for me. John, what movie would be greatly improved if it was made into a musical? I would have to say Demolition Man with Sylvester Stallone. Maybe not with Sylvester Stallone in the musical, but I think Demolition Man. Now hang on, I'd be interested in watching, like, current Sylvester Stallone or Sylvester Stallone when it was recorded. When it was recorded would probably be better, just because I think he would be able to sing then. Well, I don't know about that, but I think... Either way, it'd be interesting. I just want to know which version of Sylvester Stallone in my head should be singing. I feel like it should be the younger, the one who filmed it, Sylvester Stallone. The one who was filmed in it. That's fair. Mom, here's a question for you. If you could replace all the grass in the world with something else, what would it be? Not River Rock. That's ugly. (laughs) Um, And not that turf either, because I've been told it's really hot. AstroTurf sucks in, yeah. in every sense of the word. You board. can't walk on it in summertime because your feet would burn. Mm-hmm. So if I could replace the grass, oh man, I don't think I would be replacing my grass. You have to right now. Okay. The world's um, grass, all grass ever. All grass has to be replaced. Is there some drought tolerant um, plant that is... It doesn't growing? say you have to replace it with a plant. You just have to replace it. Well... Anytime people replace their grass with something, it's usually ugly. So I don't think I would do that. Okay. A a beautiful thing then. We are replacing it with the ceiling of the Sistine Chapel. Oh, possibly, yes. We are replacing all grass with a Sistine Chapel. Let's get to it. Doesn't matter if it's in a lawn or not. (laughs) Just a little pot of grass and it's just, 
Oh, hey there, little tiny god. Mom, you should ask John and me a question. Or each a question. Yeah. Okay. Uh, which animal do you think would be the most polite? I feel like it would be the pangolin. Explain. Did, have you seen what a pangolin looks like? I have no idea what a pangolin looks like. Okay, it's basically... Oh, isn't that the one where the coronavirus came from, from China? What? What? That is a pig, actually. No, I thought it, they said it was a pangolin. Okay. I, I know I've heard this before. Okay, I what I know a pangolin as is it looks like a bipedal armadillo, and it just looks like it's nervous and it wants to ask you a question. It's just... Oh, so it's very polite. Yes, I'm pretty sure it is a carnivore, though, and eats like small mammals and insects. So don't get close. I mean, get close if you want, but know the dangers. Okay. Michael, in 40 years, what do you think people will be nostalgic for? In 40 years, what year is that going to be? That will be 2060. Okay, so... It's 20 plus 40. Be careful of writing a song about this, because they will play it mocking in about 60 years. But maybe you want that. Maybe you want the clicks. So, in 26, people tend to be nostalgic about the things... From, well, I guess 40 years ago. Because right now we're being nostalgic about things from the 80s, aren't we? Roundabout, yeah. So that would make sense that uh, they'd be nostalgic about things from right now. And what's our culture like right now? Ugh. I'll say fractured at best. Uh, I guess we're going to be... We'll be nostalgic for Avengers, maybe. I don't think they're going to be nostalgic for the fractured culture. I think it'll be something picked out of the culture. Like as in the 60s was sort of similar. There was a lot of demonstrations and a lot of protests regarding the Vietnam War. But that's not usually what you're nostalgic for about the 60s. You're more nostalgic for like the, the, the music. interesting things that were made during that time, the art. The yeah. things that brought us together in these fractured times. Yes. And I can't think of anything that's super unique about our culture right now, but maybe that's just because we're living in it right now. It's hard to pick out what's unique about it. So I think in 40 years that race is not going to be a big deal to us anymore. And we're going to think back and say, remember when black people used to feel disenfranchised? Fingers crossed, we hope they will no longer be an issue in 40 years. Yeah, because that, that's an interesting thing to say right now, Mom. Well, hopefully we can bridge this gap and think of each other as just, uh, you know, American citizens. We're all brothers in arms. We're in this together. And... I think we should fight for each other, and it shouldn't matter what color our skin is. Mm-hmm. I think you're right, Mom. I do really think that. That, yeah. But just as 40 years ago, they were also thinking that, I'm not going to make a prediction on that. Instead, I'm going to make a prediction that electro swing music is going to be what we're nostalgic for in 40 years. You might be correct there. Electro swing and dubstep, probably. Oh, God. Dubs. No, hang on. Mm -hmm. Dubstep is going to be in 30 years, not 40. Okay, sorry. Anyway, uh, Skrillex, pay us money. What are we talking about today, Michael? What are we talking about today? I have no idea. Just kidding. We came up with a topic. We came up with weird computer things. We're talking about computer stuff. We're talking about weird computer stuff. You know when you're using a computer and it does something weird that you don't want it to? Oh, every time I open a PDF. Really? No. (laughs) Sometimes my computer wigs out on PDFs 
And so the tech guy at work got me a different uh, PDF software program, but um, I don't know, the ADD in my brain just can't handle it because it's too busy in its format. So I had to go back to Adobe because then when my computer wigs out on Adobe documents, I can at least reboot my computer from work. The problem was if I had to reboot my computer from home. Speaking of weird PDF issues, sorry, John, I know you wanted no. to say something, but it's on no. the topic. You'd think that because of how a PDF it's for, is formatted, you think it would always print the same way, right? I you would think. I would think that, yes. I do think that. Because that's the joy of a PDF. Right. At my work, I had two different people who were printing the same PDF, and it came out formatted differently each time. Was it just like a scaling issue, or...? No, it was... So, it's one of the PDFs that you're entering information in. Oh, no. On one computer... It come out because you want like the stuff you're typing in. It's it's an official document that they're mailing off. You want the text to fit inside the box. In one PDF, it would be perfectly fine when it was printed. On the other, it was not. We're trying to line up like for like a cash balance, mm -hmm. the dollars and the cents, right? Because you want them to be on the other side of the the dot. Yes, you, you want the decimal place to be right. That's where we were having issues. You'd think it'd be the same across all platforms. Not necessarily. So if you're ever editing PDFs, do not edit them in your web browser. Download Adobe Acrobat, whatever free edition is out there. Is there an Adobe Acrobat that'll allow you to edit? Because the reader is free, but to yeah. do anything in it, I think you have to pay. If the PDF is made in a way that you can input information, like there are PDFs out there that are like oh. made for uh, yes, made for typing stuff in. They have fields where yes. you're supposed to like type. Here's your name. Here's your you know if you're doing yeah. your taxes or whatever. Those kinds, you can. The full version of Acrobat, I think, is made to edit PDFs, but PDFs on their own, they're not made to be edited. They're made to be viewed and printed. For the most part, yes. But if you have one of the uh, better versions of PDF software, you can edit. I want to say that I somehow got the full version of Adobe from its own website, and I think I may have accidentally pirated it because I did not pay money, but I am fully able to change the PDFs. Whoa, John, let's talk after this is over. Okay, it was completely by accident. I just knew I had to change something and I did some wizardry. Well, we would never condone pirating any Adobe software. We'd never admit to it. And ultimately, if you do pirate it, never admit it. Of course. So John, we wink, wink, we'll be removing that from the computer later. Okay. Of course we will. <clears throat> but if we should magically be able to edit some software uh, or some PDF documents? There are other free versions of PDF editing software out there. It's just yeah. if you're working in an office and you want all of your stuff to be consistent, you should all be using the same program. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And Adobe really is my favorite because they just seem to have a streamlined uh, format that, I don't know, I can find things. My brain functions in like the hierarchy of commands. Mm -hmm. And so I just know in Adobe that, you know, you go to this menu and choose this option and then that one and that one and then boom, I got what I, I need. And then when I go to this other software, it does the same things, but everything is in a different place. And so my, mm. my hierarchy of tasks is in a different order. You're used to your ducks being in a row, but now they're in a line? What? Now they're in a square? Huh? Something like that, yeah. And it, it's difficult for my brain, which I know I'm supposed to keep doing because as my aging brain, uh, you know, I can't let it get set in its ways. I need to change it up. So I know I should want to do it, but that part of me just doesn't. Well, that's the wonderful thing about using computers nowadays because every other week, it seems like there's an update for whatever programming you use 
that changes it completely. I'm not naming a program specifically. Facebook? It's just, yeah, Facebook's a great example. Every <laughs> other week, Facebook likes to move something around so that you can't find it or change its look completely, and it frustrates everyone. Yes. Every social media format's like that. Actually, Facebook hasn't done that for a long, long, long time, and then all of a sudden, like three weeks ago, they did. Well, it's more consistent if they do it every week. If they do it every week, you start to expect it. They yeah. let you get comfortable with this one. Yes. Until they decided, <laughs> you know it would be funny? You know it would be great? I know. It's like when your grocery store decides to reorganize and put food in different places. Like, like why did you put the watermelons on this side of the aisle? Or That's... when you can't find that one little thing, like the chocolate chips or something, you know? And then you have to walk up and down every single aisle. Every single one. I know. You think you know how something works, and then they change it. Throw you a curveball. And for at least social media platforms, I know why that happens. It's because they have a full-time, like, hired dev team that always have to be working on something. Otherwise, there'd be no point in having them hired, and they wouldn't sure. be making money. Yeah. So they always have to be tweaking the code. They always have to be changing stuff and moving stuff to different locations. Because uh, otherwise, they will be fired, and okay. they don't want that. So how does this impact you as an IT professional now? How, how do these weird computer issues impact your life? Well, how they impact my life is just as every time a little update comes and changes something for someone, every single time there's at least one person who has an issue updating. In one way or another, it's never a consistent issue. And it's never a consistent person. Zoom is one that's happened a few times where we've had to like figure out how to use them, why it wouldn't let a person use the microphone when they were on Zoom, despite it clearly picking up their microphone. Or my favorite one more recently is uh, I had a person, I was updating a Microsoft Office on their computer because one day they weren't able to open Microsoft Excel. They were able to open up everything else, but Microsoft Excel was being mean. Luckily, that issue went away on its own. I don't know why, because it got replaced with a worse issue. I say worse, it was the exact same. It's just now it was Microsoft Word that wasn't opening, except it was for days at a time where it wouldn't open. Hmm. That's odd. So at first, I was just like, okay, well, I'll just tell Microsoft Word to install. I'll go and download it from the Microsoft website and just tell it, here, go in. So I did, and it put everything neatly into a line for me on the desktop. Here's Microsoft Excel, here's PowerPoint, here's OneNote, all those nice applications except Word. Word completely vanished from the computer now. The icon used to be there, it just wouldn't open. Now the icon wasn't there at all. Was it still installed in the list of programs? No. When I go to all programs, Microsoft Word was not there. The only reason you'd assume Microsoft Word was there is because I also had Microsoft Word documents on the desktop. And they had the icon denoting them that they are Word documents. Okay. They look like they should be open with Microsoft Word. But when I click on them, nothing. So the issue, my first thought is like, well, maybe, I, I don't know, it didn't install Microsoft Word, so I try and reinstall it again. Nothing's happening. It'll open Excel. It'll open all those documents. All the documents still exist. Eventually, I figured out the issue. It was a, originally a bad update of Microsoft Word, Ugh. which is to say it was installed on the computer, and the Microsoft Word documents knew that Microsoft Word was somewhere on the computer. It's just the computer itself didn't know where Microsoft Word was or how to open it. So I completely uninstalled it, wiped everything about Microsoft Word from the computer besides the documents themselves, and then did a fresh install. And it fixed it. I don't know what caused it in the first place, and I probably never will, but IT work is weird. And also, another part of IT work, 
dealing with computers that are 10 years old is weird. Probably related to that. Is that how old the computer was? Yes. Oh. Also, not directly related, I did have to clean off viruses that had been on that computer for two years. I looked up the name of one of the viruses that was on it, because it was like an executable file that had hidden itself so deeply into the data of that computer mm-hmm. that you would have never found it on its own. How did you find it? I am a How? lot meaner to computers than viruses are to me. How did you know it was there? I'm a lot meaner to viruses <laughs> than they are to me. I will deep clean a computer and search out anything that is trying to access the network when it shouldn't be. Can you come deep clean my computer? I can try, yes. Okay. I think um, my computer's fine, by the way. I probably won't speed it up much because yeah. I already have the same software on yours that I'd have on mine. Yeah. But I found, I found a virus on this computer that when I searched it up on Google, you know when you look up something on Google, like yeah. e- you'll find results. Yeah. yeah. It won't be at all related to what you're looking up, right. but you'll find results. Zero results hmm. for this virus. As if it doesn't exist? It, either it didn't exist or someone wanted to make you think it didn't exist. But you knew it had installed over two years ago. Yes, because I was able to see when it was last, when it was put on the computer. Uh-huh. I was able to look in its properties and figure that out. It was from 2018 and it did not want to leave the computer. It took me a while to get it off. Do we know what it did? It was a rootkit, so in theory it was just someone trying to access the computer and uh i don't know specifically if it was just a keystroke logger or if they were trying to uh, skim passwords or what have you the good news is nothing bad had come from it in two years probably nothing we know it about. just yeah and it's not my computer so i'm not too concerned and it's gone now so it's no longer my concern but it did not want to leave okay so as an it professional if i was suspicious that somebody might have installed a keystroke logger on my computer how would I know that? Could, could I look and find an installed program or how, how would that hide itself in my system? Well, I'd say the first thing that you'd have to do is, the first thing I would do if I was suspicious is I would uh, open up the task manager on your computer, control mm-hmm. delete, uh-huh. and I'd go, not applications, it won't show up as an application, but it will show up as either a process or more likely a service. Okay. And at that point, you just have to look for anything that's weird. Anything that you don't recognize the name of, or if you're scrolling through and it has a name and no description, then you might want to look up where it's running from, Uh or if it has a name and then the description is the exact same as the name, you might want to take a look at it. Sometimes if it's a keylogger, you can look it up and it'll be like really nice. It'll be like some professional named keylogger because that software exists out there, which is managed by IT departments to make sure that employees aren't doing anything bad. I'm not going to say that I ever do that in my company because I don't think that I should be infringing on personal rights like that. Right. Um, but some people are a bit more cavalier with privacy like that. Some companies want to know what their employees are doing at all times. And I can't say that they're wrong to do that, but I can say that I don't necessarily condone the absolute lack of privacy. Right. You personally wouldn't do it. Yes. But I think also employees are more aware now than they were, say, five or ten years ago. You shouldn't be using a uh, a company device for personal reasons. Right. Of course. Because you never know. But if you were suspicious if something was on your computer, and suspicious not in a work environment but in a personal environment, I would check out uh, processes and services first. 
it would take a bit of investigation work and sometimes there's just stuff that pops out to you that like that looks weird what's it doing or that's processing a lot of data and so if you just investigate it you can usually find stuff sometimes you have to open up the actual services menu and see what's turned on and will not turn off and that's how I find rootkits most of the time, because they don't like to be messed with. And tell us again what a rootkit is. A rootkit is a very specific, well, not a specific kind of virus, but it is a kind of virus. Okay. The big difference is it's something that has to be added through a bad link or something. Mm -hmm. You have to click on it and install it in one way or another. Maybe it's not what you thought you were installing, but it's installed. And it tries to hide itself in the deepest parts of your computer. It'll try and root its way down okay. to install itself and hide there. It'll usually be in hidden folders somewhere in your program data. And what it will do is it won't try and interrupt anything. It'll just skim data from you. Some Trojan viruses try to obnoxiously like put pop-ups on your computer and freak you out and make you think, oh god, what's going on with my computer? I need to do whatever it says and fix it. Those kinds of viruses are a lot more blatant. Rootkits are not blatant. So how do you find them? Is it when somebody complains that their computer is going really slow? If it's going really slow, that's usually the easiest way. Most of the times though, if you're not if you don't already have good antivirus installed, it might you might not ever notice that a rootkit's on your computer. I personally would advise that everyone should already have the free version of AVG on their computer if they don't have any antivirus at all. And more than likely, they should at least purchase the full version of AVG or uh, McAfee. Hmm. Maybe Avira antivirus? Yeah. You should have antivirus on your computer and from a bigger name that can be trusted. Not any of those small-time antivirus uh, programs that won't do anything while they're on your computer. So who are the trusted names? Because back in the day, it was Norton and Symantec. Norton is arguably... Still, they'll still work. It's just I think that it's too expensive for how little it does sometimes. Okay. I personally trust AVG. Okay. Because AVG's never steered me wrong, and they've always found any issues with my computers. Plus, and uh, AVG comes with some nice other features that you can purchase as add-ons. They have a VPN that you can use. They have oh my goodness, I sound like I'm uh, that they're sponsoring yeah. us or something. Yeah, this turned into a tech blog, Michael. Yeah. Anyways, they have a VPN, they have a file shredder. Most times when you delete a file, it doesn't actually delete the file on your computer and turn mm. into a bunch of zeros. All it does is it'll remove the link to the file. The directory. You won't be able to find the thing you deleted. You won't be able to open it up, but the zeros and ones still exist on your computer until they're written over by something else. What a file shredder does is it manually takes the file, looks at all the space it takes up, all those zeros and ones, and replaces it with other random zeros and ones. So that way, the data that was on that file can no longer be accessed. Because on the one hand, for a good reason you're trying to access deleted data, maybe your computer crashed and you're bringing it to Geek Squad and you want them to find all your old deleted photos. That's a good thing. On the other hand, sometimes you donate your computer to electronics recycling and someone takes that computer and steals all the data about you they can from it, despite you thinking you had deleted everything. Right. That's a good reason why you'd want to shred your data through a better program. Just making sure no ghosts come back to haunt you. Yeah. I do remember about, I don't know, 10 or, well, it was more than 10 years ago, 
when my uh, computer just died one day and I took it to some uh, tech guys and they were able to get everything off of my hard drive that I thought, well, for me as a non-tech person, I thought it was gone because I couldn't access it. But mm-hmm. yeah. They, but it, it's there. It's all there. As long as you don't overwrite it. And if you have a computer for long enough, those like the oldest deleted files you have will probably be overwritten by new stuff because new files need to take up their space somewhere. But you can't always guarantee that. And you nev- you can never guarantee for how well it's done. Okay, so how do I get a file shredder? Well, if you have AVG on your computer already, you probably already have a file oh, shredder. okay. It just works a little differently. You okay. usually have to either open up the program itself and then sh- uh, delete it through that. AVG's how it works is it's just a right-click context menu. You right-click it and that's like shred with AVG. And it'll do it. It'll take a little longer than normally deleting a file, but that makes sense. It's doing more. It's right next to the empty recycling bin. It's the empty recycle bin shred with AVG. Oh, okay. It's the difference between tossing a document into the trash can on its own and putting it through your actual file shredder. Okay. Yeah. That was a lot of very important information that you gave us. Thank you, Michael. Cool. And it had almost nothing to do with weird tech stuff. Yeah. This episode's gone on for a while. Is that the end of the episode? I don't know. I could throw in a small story, but if we want it to be over... No, I want you to talk about your small story. Okay, uh, small story. When I was in elementary school, I went over to a friend's house every couple times. I believe his name was Caleb, and one time he was having a little bit of trouble where about every 13 or so minutes, his CD drive would just pop out of the CD. It would just pop out of the computer, just eject. It would just sit there, and then if he left it alone, it went back in. But if he put it back in, then about 13 minutes later, it would pop back out. And he had no idea what he what he had done to do this, because all he did was like visit the Flash gaming sites, the you're not Dopplers, your Flongas. And so he just played little games on the internet. He wasn't sure why he was doing this. Eventually, his parents got a little bit freaked out when they realized this was happening too. And so I did have to eventually come clean and say that I put a script in his computer that did that. I I led him directly to the directory and put where exactly I put it, and he was able to get rid of it. But it was a that was a fun week that he had. Yeah, those are fun. (laughs) I love little programs like that. Those are most people's first introductory to coding, or at least that was how it was for me and Kobe in um, middle school. Yeah, that was my introduction and my outproduction. I'd say I haven't done much more since then. I just copied things that I saw on social media. It's like, yeah, okay, that seems safe. <laughs> and you were what, age 12? Oh, not even. I was closer to 10 or 11. <laughs> okay, hey, John, do you have any words of wisdom? Yes, I do. You can lead a horse to water. You can leave your horse behind. But if your horse don't dance, and if they don't dance, then they're no horse of mine. <laughs> All right, I like that one. <laughs> It's a horse without hats. (laughs) Until next two weeks, everyone. We upload these every other week, don't we? Usually. Probably, I don't know. I don't even know what episode this is. Episode 20? I think it's 14. 14. 14. We've done this 14 times, really? I mean, we've uploaded 14 of these. And we'd like to say thank you to our listeners because we know of at least three of you. (laughs) I think we know of at least five, right? Do we have five listeners? Do we? My mom. My brother Myron yep. and Ashley. Ashley. Who, who else? We don't know more than that, huh? I don't know five people. 
Otis. Okay. okay. We have five listers, but we don't know who the other two are. If we didn't name you, feel free to text us immediately and okay. let us know how frustrated you are that we didn't name you. Because yeah. you all have our phone numbers. <laughs> or at least some way to contact us. Yeah. Is there a way to like comment on the anchor.fm thing? Well, they can comment on any social media or whatever platform they're listening to this on, I think. Okay. So I think iTunes has a way to leave reviews and ratings. They do. If you're listening to this, leave us a review and comment uh, with who you are because we want to do a roll call. And we won't even know because we're not paying attention. You could leave a fake name if you wanted, and we'll list it off next time. Yeah, we'll we'll say thank you to the exact name that you leave. The exact name that you leave. And then you'll know. No dirty words, though. It can't be that fake. Yeah, you can't pull a Bart Simpson. All right, see you guys. Don't have a cow, man. Eat my shorts. Cowabunga, dude. I do not watch The Simpsons. I've never seen a full episode of The Simpsons in my life. I have not either. I don't know that you're missing much. I, but they're I still mean, on the air after, what, 20 like, seasons? I, I think, they're the I longest they're running cartoon seasons. of all time, yes. I want to say that we're not missing anything nowadays. I've been told it was great when it first aired, and it would have had to have been to have lasted 34 years or whatever. I think it was cutting edge back in the day. I like my beer cold and my homosexuals are flaming. Homer Simpson. <laughs>